How you doing? I'm your announcer Joey Clams, and you're listening to the Genghis and Ragman Show, where a couple of metalheads talk about hard rock and heavy metal while drinking and writing craft beers from around the country. And don't forget to stick around after tonight's festivities for a one-on-one interview with our featured guest. For two guys who are so metal, they use aluminum foil for toilet paper. It's Genghis and Ragman. Stop it, John. This is a momentous occasion. 
the Genghis and Ragman Show, first show of 2023. Genghis, you're back from Romania. I heard there's so many stories of where you've been and uh, Romania, contract negotiations with McCheese. Hey, hold on. Kulak have been here. He's part of the show, bro. Is it bullshit? This is a violation of your new contract. No, sir. If you read the fine print, McCheese said that if Genghis wanted to come back and do a show, he's in. How are you in a fucking booth in a brewery? I have my, I have my ways. Paige, she helped me out. Oh, yeah, you and Paige. Yeah, I was wondering what that refrigerator box was in the corner. <laughs> yeah, That's his booth. Huh? Yeah, exactly. He can't really see. I mean, there's a little glass pane mm -hmm. that he can see us. Right. It's fucking cold in here in this jock, I'm just saying. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is. Genghis, my good friend, it's so great to see you, my friend. Good to see you, Paisan. We are back. We're doing a show. We are live at Elderson Brewing Company here in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, what better way to celebrate uh, Genghis coming back? Let's have a beer and all that. So before we get into beer, though, mm -hmm. Genghis, where you been, bro? Romania? Tasmania? <laughs> it's a long, sordid tale. <laughs> Between you and McCheese, I, I think you have you still have a gag order on what was going on, right? Yeah, after we took the Ring to Mordor, I had to make the long trek back. And uh, I, across borders, you know, remember uh, remember back in the day, the old uh, the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown cartoon? Yeah. Where fucking Snoopy goes down, and he's got to sneak across the enemy lines in the dark. He's like making his way through the countryside. That was me, basically. <laughs> Sneaking around Europe, yeah. trying to get back here. I had to sneak inside a crate on some sort of ocean oh, liner on the way back. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it was nice. It was an ocean liner. So, you know, sneak out, get the shrimp cocktail at the buffet. <laughs> the shrimp cocktail. wasn't bad. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What Was this due to something that happened between you and McCheese or? He, I think he put a hit out on me. Oh, fuck. I don't know what that was about. I had a couple of guys chase me around saying, hey, we need to talk to you. And oh, like, shit. Oh, what? He's like, get out of the car. Oh, Let's talk. I just want to talk, and I'm like, no, sir. No. Punch it. Got out of there. Nice. Did Which wasn't yourself? easy in my little Chevy Sonic. So it was like, <laughs> they're like just walking briskly up to the side. Get out of the car. Come on. They're yeah. knocking on the window. Come on, you prick. Open the fucking window. <laughs> so, but anyway, I made it back. I'm doing all right. Nice man. It's good to see you, my friend. It really good is. See you too. So rock and roll has never stopped. No. Sir. Well, there's plenty of shit going on. Um, I tell you what, let's play a new tune, and I want to discuss it a little bit before we get into our beer of the show. Mm -hmm. Extreme. Yeah. Uh, they've got a new record coming out here in, I think, a month or two. Mm -hmm. They've got this new single called Rise. Yep. Uh, let's play it, right. and then we'll talk about it. Cool. How about some new Extreme? Rise. Your life, don't you waste it? Ride the lightning, roll the thunder. Draw the 
Were you risen? Did you get? Did you rise <laughs> did you with arise? that song? Uh, it's a good song. It's got a real like, sort of like '90s feel, yeah, that groove. But it's a good groove. And uh, of course, everybody is their usual. Like Gary Sharon, one of the best singers around, still sounds great. Uh, Nuno has, of course, uh, always been a monster guitar player, and uh, he sounds great. He's doing his usual. He's got that thing where he, he you can tell he's a shredder, but he's also got like he's so good with the funk, man. He can lay down a groove yeah. like nobody else, and so it's it's got a good sound, uh, even if it's a little kind of dated. I'm not saying that to be, you know, to to, to shit on him. It's a great song, but uh, you know. I, I hope I'd, I'd be interested to hear the rest of the album. I hope it doesn't all yeah. sound like that. I guess is what I'm saying. You want to make a t- tune that sort of references that shit? That's cool. I got you. And I'm kind of the same opinion in that I, I like that it's got a heavy feel to it. Sure. I like the groove of it. Mm-hmm. The solo to me was amazing. I love the solo, but the chorus it kind of lost me. It's a little cheesy. I didn't like it. It just kind of it turned me off. But. I don't know. Maybe I need to listen to it a few times more to see if it really sticks with me. But so far, it's like, eh, solo, awesome, and then, eh. But I like that heavy groove. They seem, the production, guitars are heavy in the yeah, song. Production is, is an important aspect. But um, what were, let's ask you this. What were you expecting as, as the chorus? What would have been cool instead of what they did? I don't know. I, they, they got that one thing where they whatever right before oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, like that funky thing they do yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like that that turned yeah. me off I was like that's so fucking cheesy come on yeah. I think it fits with like I said it's sort of a retro vibe it yeah. sounds very 90s-ish which like doesn't mean it's a bad thing it's just you can you can hear that and go they used to do shit like that you know 30 years ago <laughs> well let me ask you this in that and I'll answer as well but when you get new extreme are you thinking yeah, I really want porno pornography or what the three sides whatever that's the sound that you when you think of extremists what you think of in your head you start hearing you know all that stuff off of pornography and not the ballads which is people who aren't huge extreme fans they only know them as more than words and wholehearted but uh, their stuff is just so fucking good I was listening I was jamming out that in the car in the parking lot before I came in here and I was forgot how good that fucking album is remember the trip from San Marcos back to Houston with Little Patty Cheesecake and we jammed that motherfucker. I just got it on cassette or something. You remember? <laughs> Back so, in college, yeah. Yeah, it's so good, dude. When I'm President and yeah. all those great fucking songs. He Man, Woman Here. I love that album. And that's probably my favorite album. I love uh, Stop the World yeah. off Three Sides. Uh, that's a great song. But I honestly couldn't name any of the other songs off of that album. I couldn't either. So that's ever since Pornography, they still have talent, of course. But they just—they're just not hitting it on the singles or any of the stuff in the album. So I, I haven't bought any of their albums since then. They had that one that came out several years ago that had that kind of tribal look on the front of it. Wasn't yeah, that an extreme album? I think so. And then they had one with a clown or something. Yeah, I don't so remember. Don't know that is. They were so unmemorable. We That's can't the remember. Thing. That's the thing. And so it's yeah. like you wonder why. And, and I remember I got uh, Nuno's solo album a uh, long time ago, Schizophonic, and that was great. There's some really great tracks on there which you'd expect because you figure he's probably the principal songwriter so that same talent is there in the music and he does a little tiny bit of shredding but this you can tell it's like no I just like to write songs yeah. it happens that I can shred but I'm really principally a songwriter he's a good vocalist even on his own so that's why he was a great fit for Extreme because he was great for, as the backup Yeah, kind of like the way Richie Cotton was with uh, uh, Mr. Big Mr. Big yeah or what a great Poison, fucking fit too he can throw in yeah. his, he's, I can sing too so if you want to do some you know vocals or harmonies shit in the background I can pull it off so that's that's a nice thing to have as a guitarist and, and that's interesting those two bands are very similar in that they hit with these ballads 
to be with you for Mr. Big. A lot of people just know him for the ballots and stuff yeah. like that. Same thing for Extreme, but Mr. Big had a bigger catalog and just his huge following in Japan and all over the world. I mean, the uh, last episode where we talked to Eric and Eric's talking about Brazil and all this touring he's doing over there and it's all off what he did with Mr. Big, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So well, they were kind of a super group, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, so pretty much. I mean, yeah, you got yeah. fucking Billy Sheehan, one of the greatest bassists in the world, yeah. and Paul, Paul Gilbert, who's a monster. Reed. Fuck yeah, yes. Yeah, and so and and Eric Martin's no slouch as a singer. So I mean, that's he's one of one of the better ones even today. Still got it, yeah. Yeah, he still got it. So um, it's not a surprise. And and I don't know, didn't know anything about Pat Torpy Torpy uh, recipes, but uh, uh, as a as a unit, they were just fantastic. Well, Torpy, I, I don't know, is a drummer. If he's this master drummer like a Portnoy or a Neil Peart or somebody like that, or but even a Morgenstein or something. Yeah. As far as songwriting and backup vocals, him and Eric worked so closely together, and he sorely missed in the sound, right? Because Pat could sing so well, and him and Eric were like boys. I, you know, well, that I think from, like when we talked to him, he said it like they wrote most of the songs for that. Last for that one album, yeah, and uh, and sent it off to the other guys, you know, digitally for them to do their parts. I think it was it wasn't what if it was the one after that. I think the stories we could tell. I think they did most of that. Talked about, yeah, and so and yet, you know, it sounded like a classic uh, Mr. Big album. And then I, I guess go back to the comparison of Extreme, Mr. Big kept evolving they didn't repeat the first record or lean into yeah, it yeah like time. none of their albums I think sound like the first record right right Yeah, so. they're, they're, you can tell it's Mr. Big still of course but that first record is it's own sort of sound oh it's I agree like really all about by the way we're fucking shredders and we're bad <laughs> yeah yeah don't fuck with us yeah don't look and, us the and, wrong way yeah they, they were great That's a, I'll, I'll probably listen to that on the way home now that you bring it up because yeah. it's such a great album anyway uh, Extreme like I said that song good song I for some reason, everybody, because I start, my thing now is I do a lot of shit on YouTube and Twitch and all the different kind of social streaming things that are out there. So that's where I learn about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so on YouTube, I listen to a lot of prog guys, guys that are, you know, that talk about prog and uh, guys that uh, that do uh, prog music. So this one guy... Uh, I mean, you know, you've probably heard of Rick Beato. Yeah. He's all over the place. He's, he's really cool to listen to because he's like an expert on music. He knows. Like, he'll break down songs and go, this is why this song sounds so badass, melodically, mm-hmm. and he'll explain it. It's really cool. Anyway, he talked about it. He's like, oh, man, he goes, I got to tell you. In his, in his opinion, he says, this is the thing. After Eddie Van Halen died, the next guy, really, that we have is Nuno. And I'm like, I thought about it, and I was like, you're right. Who else does amazing pyrotechnic shit like that and not just there's plenty of guys that can play like that there's kids in fucking living rooms right now you know 14 years old who can probably play licks like crazy yeah but no he's so melodic and so uh, his phrasing is just fantastic yeah and it and he's, he can be flashy but still make it fit the song it sounds like spontaneous almost like he's making it up on the spot and it just sounds fucking beautiful because it's melodic as fuck but also impressive technically so that's the way Van Halen was. I mean, he would just pick up the guitar and go, yeah, yeah. like, holy shit. And, you could, and he made it look so easy that I was like, oh, I could do that. But it's like, you can't fucking do that. Right. And he's just doing it off the top of his head. That's what Nuno is. And yeah. so he's still like that even after all these years. But yet that solo, I was like, I didn't hear any flashiness like...
there's a little bit of that. Club or, yeah, there's a little bit of that flight, flight of the bumblebee thing with the right. tapping thing. He loves doing that again with the delay, so because because yeah. it really makes for a cool sound, and it sounds great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, the solo's good. It's just like to me, it doesn't match anything from all of that shit on pornography. Yeah, Every one of those you. solos, you're like, holy fuck, he's just it's shreddy. But it's melodic and it fits the song. It's not like Vinnie Vincent. I, I know you. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know you hate it when I come. Unfortunately, he can't play anymore. But sure. yeah, or she, or whatever it is. <laughs> but you know, it's it's uh, it's good. I just don't know why everyone's guys. There's videos everywhere of talking about it. Like holy fuck, have you heard this? I'm like, yeah, I heard it. It's all right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's good. It's, it's Nuno. What do you expect? Right. But, but I guess that just shows how much that's missed. I guess is where I'm going with that. You know, there's plenty, like I said, Kiko Loreo, all these great guys out there that still shred just fine, but nobody really sounds like Nuno. Right, right. I agree. Agree. Well, I'm thirsty. Mr. G, will you help us out here? Get us a drink. We're going to jump into these beers. Uh, I forgot to mention, we got a, our guest. He's, he's a second-time offender, uh, once on the Ragman Show and now on the reunion of Genghis and Ragman. Paul, welcome back. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Really, It's really great to be here with you guys. Matt, I hadn't seen you in a little while. Handshake to you, Good. brother. Good to see you. Mr. Allen, handshake to you as well. Thank I you for you this breach contract. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you're on Genghis and Ragman Show. Uh, Genghis and Ragman are going to whoop John's ass after this, and I'm going to help. I'm going to hold that song, bitch. You can sign the contract in blood or urine. I just, uh, I don't have access to the contract. You, you figure it out, up. John. Do the taste test. Uh, yeah. John, I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, John. I'll buy you a beer and let's call it even. How's that? That, uh, that the hand job you got to deal with. <laughs> oh, it's fucking disgusting. He always manages to get it in here. So. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> so we're all drinking, all three drinking uh, a different beer. And I think what we'll do is rate individually, maybe. And then we have an expert that's going to come and tell us about each beer. Uh, and she's been on the show before, the Ragman Show. Paige, welcome back. Well, welcome to the reunion hello. of the Genghis and Ragman Show. Hello, hello. So, Paige, let's start with me. Okay. Uh, since you're closer to me. <laughs> I'm having the juice is no excuse. As am I. Brand new double IPA. It is um, just a New England. It's not a double, oh, but okay. it's a, a New England style juicy IPA. So how would do? Tell us, uh, I guess, the goods on this beer. <laughs> so um, truth be told, I'm not exactly sure what he put into it, but I know that he made this beer as a way to kind of get back to the old school. Um, it's only going to be sold in the tap room. He basically made this beer as a way to say, I don't care about how much it costs to make this beer. I'm going to make a beer that I love. Hell yeah. And it's going to be a damn good beer. And so it is excellent. It's, we put it on yesterday, so it's still super fresh. A lot of pineapple on the nose, tropical on the finish. Yes. Really surprisingly easy drinking. It's only like 7.1%, I want to 7.2%. Yeah. 
it doesn't taste like it. You can no. It's like drinking a glass of orange juice. You could really get in trouble with it, but it is damn good. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> I'll have to try that next. All right, Absolutely. so Genghis is having uh, which one are you having? The Azaka. The shapeshifter Azaka. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit? That's another brand new one today, right? Or yes, yesterday? Yesterday. So shapeshifter um, is our rotating series. We've had shapeshifter mosaic in the tap room for a long time. Uh, his first uh, iteration of it was shapeshifter Motueka. And so he did this shapeshifter Azaka. So it's Azaka hops in El Dorado. Mm-hmm. And um, I get just a ton of like just easy drinking, nice. I, again, one of those ones you can really get in trouble with. Definitely a pool beer. You can have like eight of them and then stand up and be like, oops, I had too many, but you don't even know because <laughs> yeah. you just want to keep going back for more with that one. It's just so easy, so easy to drink. Okay, and Paul, what did you get? The Mexican chocolate stout, the spice. Yes, the spice. That one is, this is our first time doing that one, but Robert is sort of known for his uh, stouts. He's always made incredible stouts. That was where he got started, was making one called Yeller Weller. Uh, so this one, we actually had some friends of ours that gave us some of the spices, so or some of the chilies. So in the mash, we used Tabasco peppers uh, given to us by one of our friends, and they're made grown in their garden. And then in the uh, fermenters, we put in a, just a couple Carolina Reapers. Robert was really careful with those. He didn't want it to be too overpowering. And then some Wajio chilies, oh, nice. which give it like a smoky, like cigar kind of flavor to it. Really nice, like tobacco flavor. And then you get the heat and the punchiness from the Tabasco and the uh, Carolina Reaper. Kind of in the back of your throat. It kind of builds over time, but it's nothing too, too spicy. People get a little afraid of hearing like Carolina Reaper. It's nothing too crazy, just easy really rich and then there was a lot of um cocoa nibs in there that give it that oh, nice, nice cocoa chocolatey flavor without being sweet oh sweet yeah okay let's individually rate our beers uh page i know you work here you're gonna be a homer <laughs> so we give uh, our rating is one to four four being the best okay uh four horns up so <laughs> what would you give the juice is no excuse for me I would probably go 3.6. Okay. Um, I think it is excellent. The only thing I would say is I prefer a bit more carbonation, but I totally get why he went with that. And I have nothing negative to say about it at all, to be honest with you. I think it's just an absolutely solid beer that people are loving. And the reaction has been amazing, which is very exciting. Well, I'm going to kind of follow your lead there. I, I'm going to go three and a half. And the only reason I'm going to do that, because it's rich, it's creamy. I get the tropical notes, the pineapple and everything. But it's really bitter finish with the grapefruit peel on the end. I think it needs to settle down for another week or two. And this it would go to a four at that point. I, so I agree. Maybe not the fairest rating, but just an honest rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an amazing beer. And yeah. I know it's going to get better yeah. with age. Robert, if you hear this, don't be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it's your turn, sir. Shapeshifter Azaka. Yeah, this is a, a really good beer. I guess if I had to rate it overall, I would say, yeah, at least 3.5, uh, maybe higher. Uh, what I like about it is I've never been the hugest fan of IPAs, usually because it just tastes like, hey, let's take one of those pine fresheners out of the car, yeah. stick it in a glass of orange juice for two weeks, and come see what it tastes like. <laughs> but this one is not so hoppy. It's not so hop forward, so I like that. So it's it tastes kind of mellow, almost, gosh, almost kind of like a like a lawnmower beer really it's yeah. it's really smooth refreshing it's smooth uh not a lot of lacing to it it's uh it's pretty you know it's got it looks like uh my last sample i gave the doctor <laughs> it uh 
but but I like it. It's uh, like like uh, Paige said. It's because it's low on the ABV. You don't feel that. It doesn't feel heavy like that. That's the thing about really alcoholic beers is you don't necessarily get more enjoyment out of it because of the more alcohol of anything. It's kind of a thing that's kind of pushing on you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's so you're not fighting that kind of taste too. And so uh, I like it. It's it's really good, easy to drink, and yeah. 3.5 is minimal, maybe even 3.75. Okay. Paul? Uh, mine's the uh, Mexican stout, the spice. <clears throat> excuse, my, excuse me, I got a little bit of hoarseness, but it's not because of the beer. <clears throat> it is very good. You get a little bit of heat in the back of your throat, but it's not overpowering. So the, the people that don't ever drink spicy uh, drinks and all. Hey, Paul. Yes. Talk to me, John. John, you and I are going to have some words out in the parking lot here after a while, brother. <laughs> no, but but it is it is a good beer. I, I recommend it. I give it about three three point five nine 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 nine. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, Paige, thanks for joining us. Uh, Absolutely. Why don't you lead us with the song? What are you jamming to? What's your favorite song right now? Oh goodness, that is a tough question. Oh, wow. And I will say this. I did tell you this uh, last time I saw you that Mm -hmm. one of our listeners is like, Paige really knows, like, good music. (laughs) So he was very impressed with your upbringing with, uh, he mentioned the Edgar Winter Frankenstein reference and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we uh, we trust your value in music. And actually the last song you uh, recommended on the show, I dug. It was cool. Let Down? I love that one. You know what? You know what? This one's gonna be a little a little wild, but it's Raging on a Sunday by Bones, B-O-H-N-E-S. I have been thoroughly enjoying that one. It's nice. it's not full in the metal rock that I normally listen to, but it's just it's fun. I have a blast listening to it. It it is just really good. So hopefully hopefully people will enjoy that one too. <laughs> awesome. Let's play it. about uh, the new winger have you heard the new winger yeah, I saw that video um, I hate the name of the song what was that one song with the, the harmonica a couple years ago uh, down in Cognito. down yeah it's, it's got the same sort of name I was like I heard the name I'm like down yeah. in Cognito yeah. and this proud one's called Desperado. proud desperado yeah. who's thinking of these names it's Kip dude <laughs> it's all about to be in Westons mate he's like I got an idea he's maybe got like I can see it like he's got a big like blackboard at his house. Yes. He's got like adjectives: proud, gentle, 
Harry. And then on the right, he's got like Desperado. Yeah. Brigadier. Pirate. <laughs> Brigadier pirate. And maybe he just says, let's put a couple together. We got a song. Let's do this. Him and Rob comes over and like, dude, okay, I love your board. I love, you know how uh, fucking ADD is like, I love your board. Let me, let me pick the new. He's like, Rep, I put like 20, 30 words on it. You pick two. Right, and then we'll write a song about it. He's over, yeah. He's over there in the corner with his, uh, with his hair straightener. <laughs> it's cheese. He's, he's, yeah, he's ironing the hair at, while he's like looking in a little mirror at his mustache. He's like, oh, that's look that's coming in nice. <laughs> I kid. I love Rev. Rev's the best. Oh, he's a fuck he, amazing. He's such an amazing guitarist. Uh, this solo was a little subdued though on yeah. that song. I expected some more pyrotechnics from from Rev, which isn't a complaint. It's not to say that he fucked up or anything. Obviously, it's, Lisa uh, wasn't a harmonica. <laughs> But uh, what's interesting is how many people. It's if you watch the video, like everybody's playing guitar in that video. Yeah, yeah. Like there's 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 uh, you know uh, Reb there. He's doing his bass thing. Of course. I mean not Reb. Uh, uh, Kip doing his bass thing. You got Reb on guitar over there. You got a guy over here on the left playing guitar. Paul Taylor used to be the keyboard player. He has no hair now, like me. Right. Yeah. So the keyboard. Yeah. You see, like he's keyboards for a little yeah. bit, and then he jumps back. He's on the guitar, and then there's another guitarist. That's that guy that's been in the band for a while. And I can never remember his name. So he's like the. His name is Jenkins. But he's like, what is it, Jan from uh, Iron Maiden? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking, uh, shit, what? I'm thinking, I can see him. The ballet dancer. Yeah, yeah the where, ballet dancer. He's always got his leg up like he's doing fucking uh, stretches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. And, and he's been in the band long enough that we, we accept him as a member, of course. Yannick so. Gears. Yannick Gears. Yannick. He's like is it Yannick or Yannick? I, probably Yannick. He's, he's the Yannick Gears of uh, Winger, I guess. This guy. It's that good, exactly. Of course, it's Janice. This guy, Janice. Oh, it explains the ballet. Yep. There you go. Maybe I don't know. No, but uh, it's not a bad song. But yeah, the lyrics. I mean, the uh, the chorus specifically. Proud, desperado. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what's going on here? I I don't like it. I, I'm just gonna be honest. I mean, it's okay. I I don't know. I I think the just, video is a little weird. It's yeah. very generic. It's just yeah, like that's the thing. We love Winger. Yeah, and we love do. Kip and and Kip and Reb are so great together. Right. We've seen those videos where they're just like jamming, and you can see how they're just like these guys have been friends forever. Yeah. They know how each other thinks. They're so in sync when they're writing music, and it's great how you can see how they just sort of play off each other. It's like, oh, I like what you're doing. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And he's like, I like what you're doing. I'm gonna do this in response. And it's and it's fun to watch that because you're like. This is great. You you miss those kind of relationships. Oh yeah, totally. In bands like that's how it used to be back in the day. You figure like with the Beatles or something. So it's nice to see that and and know that that still goes on. But you know, like you said, it'd be nice if they it had a little more punch to it. I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I started. I just listened to. I watched the video. I was excited. I was like, fuck! Finally, a new Winger record. Because the last one that they did was really good. There was like, I think the single was lame, but the rest of the record was really cool. And I like, I was like, oh, they got a new record. They've been posts on Instagram and stuff like that, coming soon and all that shit. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. So I'd, I'd seen, my brother actually sent me the Extreme Deal, and I'd been seeing like posts for that coming up. I'm like, fuck, I should probably check that out. I like Extreme. And then same thing with Winger. I was like seeing that. I was like, Extreme? I was like, eh, song's okay. I actually liked the Extreme song better than I liked the Winger song, yeah, to be honest. Me too. Well, it makes me wonder what you just said about the single. I wonder who picks the singles for now. Is it the band or is it the producer or the record company? I would think at this point, it's probably probably the record company, probably Frontiers. That's what I thought. That's what I figured it always I would think was. So, that yeah. it was always them saying, "We think this has the most, you know, chance of getting airplay yeah. and, and getting buzz about the album." The the writers, the the musicians, are just like, "We wrote the album. Here it is." How funny would it be is if it had a different name? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the guys at the guys at uh, Frontiers are like, I don't like the name. You need to uh, get something <laughs> punchy, like a uh, like a desperado, like a uh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, yeah, yeah, Allah, Allah. That would surprise me. Actually. That would be hilarious. We're joking, but it's like it wouldn't be surprised because, like you said, they're all Italians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get a pizza afterwards. Maybe some uh, rigatoni. Maybe call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> yeah. It's like we already did that. We can't do. That. <laughs> we already had that record, sir. That was in 1989. So, but but yeah, I think that once they write the album, they're like, we're done. Here it is. They turn it in, and then the company, like yeah. I said, figures out. All right, well, this is how we're going to market it, and now we're going to tour. Yeah, and so I think when you say like, oh, this album was great, but it had a, a lame single, it's like, well, that's the fault of the record company, not the fault of the band, right? Right, right. It's like, why would you put that out to represent this album? But they wrote it. <laughs> to be fair, true. But you know what I mean? It's like so. It makes you wonder how different an album would have sold if they if you got to pick you know what the single was or, or if the band got to pick it but i'm sure it's i'm i'm sure with maybe with like uh, frontiers are probably like and i've heard this from other artists before sometimes they have autonomy to do what they want mm-hmm. and sometimes they're like hey we really want you to do something like the first record or in the heart of the young something like that vibe just for this make a single like that and then do do what you want to do after that. might that. be the compromise. Yeah, because I'm sure every band gets tired of that. Yeah. And I don't blame them. The idea of like the Dream Theater, we've always talked about that. It's like, hey, when's the next Images and Words coming out? And they're just like, why don't you fuck off with Images and Words? Yeah. That was like get over 40 it. years ago, bro. Yeah. Literally get over it, pal. It's like, let us just write our right. music. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but that's why everybody, why you have this giant fan base because they heard that and they went, holy fuck, what's this? So there's, a, there's the play. But if you say like, hey, just give me one single like that. Write one song like that that just total badass, that kind of shit, and then write whatever else you want for the rest of the album. Right. And then maybe that would just kind of satisfy everybody to some extent. Exactly. So I think still write good music. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I tell you what, let's actually play the song. Yeah, yeah. And guys, comment. Send us comments. Tell us what you think about it on our Instagram account at therightrock.com. Like and subscribe. (laughs) Exactly. No, seriously, let us know what you think. Uh, You know our opinions. What do you think? Check it out. So, um, I want to bring up something else interesting. 
unless you have something on your mind. Real quick, let's. Uh, have you heard the Paul Gilbert Dio tribute record? I heard some of it, yeah. It's pretty fucking amazing what he's doing on the guitar. No? Yeah. You're I, making a face over I there. Like, well, uh, my thing is, it's it's kind of gimmicky. Yes. But, but I get it. Uh, and if anyone could pull it off, it'd be Paul Gilbert. I respect that he... That he respects Dio enough to say, I want to make a whole fucking album about Dio. I love Dio so much. I'm yeah. like, that's cool. Because somebody should, right? Uh, and I guess that's kind of what uh, the other guys did. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on the name? Homeboy, Vivian Campbell. Yeah. And those guys. Lesson Line. Yeah. Yeah, they were basically essentially kind of a Dio tribute kind of thing in the spirit of Dio writing those tunes. Well, they basically said, we wrote the music and Roddy. I think Roddy had to write some of the music. Just talking to Tracy, not just lyrics. Yeah, because he well, he's a musician, so it makes sense. Melodies that he, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you figure the ones that aren't musicians, like David Lee Roth, it's like, all right, he can contribute a melody. Like, hey, I got this idea. Like, what if we went da 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 da, and then yeah. and then he said, and then he'll write the lyrics. The lyrics, yeah, yeah, and then everything else is the is the band, yeah. So, but yeah, Dio had some some. He's probably a good songwriter. Speaking of Dio, have you seen the documentary that came out like a year or so ago? No, I did not. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. This is Eddie Trump of that metal show that got canceled and serious XM and I do tour stops and people pick me body so I can introduce bands. And everybody they say they love me, but I secretly I don't think so. How did fucking Eddie Trunk get in the fucking cooler with John? <laughs> the question is how is he still here? <laughs> I was going to say, huddle up for warmth. <laughs> so, of course, Dickhead's in it. And I, I, I talked to somebody about this. It is so fucking... There's so many people that knew Dio better than Eddie fucking Trunk. But it wasn't. But Eddie's same. like... He makes it about himself every fucking time. And he's like, oh, I still get teared up to this day when I think about Roddy. And no one else in the film, not even Wendy Dio, broke up crying or anything like that or got sad or anything wow, like that. Wow, really? But Eddie Trunk had to cry, basically, in the movie, <laughs> the documentary. Yeah, he's a goofball, man. Other than that, the reason I bring it up is I thought it was well done, with the exception of Eddie being in it. Uh, but no, uh, they really go into history of Ronnie's... I was a musician, a trumpet player when I was a kid, and he was in this these 60s band or 50s bands doing doo-wop and shit like that. And yeah, you're like... Yeah. To where he came to Elf, where he's getting more rock and he gets in Rainbow and then Sam. become like and one of the metal legends. Yes, yeah, like, it's pretty shit. cool to see the evolution of Ronnie James Dio. Well, you know, interestingly, I read the book, uh, the audio book of uh, Jimi Hendrix's story. You you read it? Yeah, well, the audio. I read well in the sense it was that, read to me, mate. Yeah, which is kind I'm of the same. I'm for you, Matt. For you. I mean, you get the point. Though. Yeah, it's a, yeah. So I know the book uh, about Jimi Hendrix and his story, and he grew up like that. He he uh, started out in bands. I think he's like he was a backup guitarist for like um, James Brown. So he like all these wow. all these yeah. old school like funk bands and stuff, and he was he was the guitarist back there, and then he became the fucking Jimi, Jimi Hendrix. So. You know, some of the best musicians start off, you know, they don't start off where they end up. So they have a completely different sort of career starting. You want to try it? Yeah. I was, was going to get one. Well, I'll well, give you a shot there. 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool, uh, the evolution of a lot of these guys and where they came from and then where they evolved to, right? Mm-hmm. Being a backup guy and then being the fucking man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, even look at Randy Rhodes being, I guess, quiet, right? Yeah. It's kind of hard to say. Well, he became a superstar, but people recognize back in the day on the strip how talented this guy fucking was. To this and, day, the shit impresses people. Yeah. You're like, holy fuck. And he was doing that like 40 years ago. And dude, it just, it bothers me. I'm sure it bothers you too, to an extent, with these guys that their lives ended up come, falling short because of drugs or accidents or what a tragedy of some sort. Yeah. God, what would Randy Rhodes be doing today in 2023? It makes you wonder, yeah. In the body of work yeah. that would have came. What would be cool is, see, this is the thing, uh, we've talked about this off off uh, line, and that is that I'm really into all the AI shit, just, yeah. just seeing what it can do. I'm not saying that it should replace anything, I'm just, but I like the, 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 the possibilities that it implies. So I've been working with MidJourney for the visual shit, and I've been working with ChatGBT for the writing shit, but I know that there's music AIs out there. Like, you, you can do the same thing where you write a prompt and say, Write me uh, James Brown as written by Johann Sebastian Bach, and it'll it'll put shit out. And Fuck. so it'd be interesting if you could somehow I would think you could to say, hey, write me something that's a modern pop song, but written by Randy Rhodes or Cook's Island. You're, yeah, the legendary Cook's Island. You would say. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean, and it yeah. would be able to give you a facsimile. Because it's really all it is. It's just an algorithm that just says, okay, based on everything he's ever written and the style that he tend to write in and the notes he used to, he tended to choose, we could sort of guess what a solo would like and sort of factor in that over time you, different influences would come in and Fuck. change it. Dude, Isn't that amazing? Fucking, have you ever tried anything like that or no? No, I want to. I haven't touched the music AI yet. I want to because it sounds fascinating. But just what I've seen with the visual, because yeah. I like to draw, so I wouldn't call myself an artist, but I, I do that. So, you are good, dude. You are. Well, you're kind. Uh, but uh, the, the mid-journey stuff is fucking amazing. They just came out with version 5, the new version. It's already amazing. And they just came out with a new version of GPT, Chat GPT. So uh, uh, it just shows you that it's like this stuff's only going to get more improved and more refined over time. So we could theoretically come up with shit like that. I mean, you could even do, there's even AI that'll take an image and turn it into video, so animate it. Fuck so me. you could theoretically yeah. say, all right, Write me this music that'll sound like Randy Rose. You go to Mid Journey and say, now show me an image of what Randy Rose would look like at this age, and then animate that mother. So you could literally make a fucking music video Put on of a song that Randy Rhodes <laughs> never wrote that, that would be in his style. That's I mean, you crazy, could, you could sort man. of synthesize yeah. it out of nothing. That's how amazing that shit is. And like I said, don't think that this is ever going to replace human beings. That's ridiculous. Right. You're not going to replace Nuno Betancourt with a fucking computer algorithm. No, no. But it's cool to play with the idea, well, what could we do that Nuno made? Like, if he died tomorrow, God forbid, it's like we could still, in a way, sort of imagine what his shit would be like. Well, dude, Randy Rhodes and John Lennon Holmes. That's what I mean. That would be fucking crazy, You right? could do some really amazing but shit. Can, but can it simulate the vocals or just the music? Have you seen some of the... There's, there's I these, haven't seen these. I've seen yet. a thing on this YouTube. This is all new to me. There's this funny thing on YouTube where, you know, there's a lot of people that game online, right? Like on Twitch. So they'll, mm-hmm. they got their little headset on and they're playing. They're like, dude, dude, get around and go around. And they're playing like Counter-Strike or something. And so there's this funny video where these guys take uh, these dudes playing an online game, League of Legends or some bullshit game that's online. And the people playing are Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Ben Shapiro, 
and a couple of other dudes. And the AI will take what you say and spit it out in their voice. And oh, sometimes wow. you can't tell that it's that it's Holy it's like sounds so real you can't believe it. That's crazy, and it, man. And it makes a joke of them like, you're like, shut up, Joe. You don't even know what you're doing, man. You didn't even shoot the guy when I told you. You, know, you should have covered me. And he yeah. says, like, Donald Trump complaining. Holy shit. It's funny as fuck. But the That's point is, wild. it showcases just how well this shit has developed. Like, wow. it's gotten to the point, you know, that you could simulate... And that's what people are worried about. That's the scary part. It's like, all right, what's to stop someone from making a video that looks like Joe Biden strangling a little kid or something like that with his voice and everything and be yeah. like, oh, no, now Come he's going to go to jail fucker. and that never happened. It's like, <laughs> yeah. there's ways to detect yeah. that it's a, yeah. uh, it's not that refined yet. True. And I don't know that computers will ever get that good. But anyway, the point is, it's, it's an amazing tool that, of course, could be used for good or for ill or whatever. But we'll find out. I'm just excited about the possibilities. Sweet. I'll tell you what, let's, uh, I'm going to get another beer, and but let's play a song. Yeah. You like Devil Wears Prada, don't you? A little? Yeah, I've heard a little We've bit seen of them. Stuff. We've seen them before together, yeah, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, they weren't bad. They got a brand new single. It's called Reaching. I'm going to reach for another beer, and we'll be right back. We have new beers. Uh, we're not going to rate these, uh, but quick, just a little talk about it. I got the Shapeshifter Mosaic, uh, which is looks like 5.4% ABV, 80, 62 IBUs? My yeah. fucking eyes don't work no more. 62 IBUs, 5.4 ABV. Very smooth. I love this one. Dude, this is one that's crushable. Summer, springtime, forget about it. You come get it. You drink them all day, and you're like... I didn't feel like shit the next morning. That's because you forgot about it. Yeah, because I forgot about it. Just like those guys that had you in Romania. It's like this fucking guy. He's like, open the door. It's like, you're Italian, but I'm in Romania. Why are you talking Italian? Yeah, they were Don't worry about it. And I said, hey, is that Dracula? And they went, what? And I just <laughs> ran out the back. Way to go. Way to go. So, Genghis, what did you get real quick? I got the uh, Bailey Morning Milk Stout. 6.4 uh, ABV, which is low for a stout, you would think. Yeah. And uh, IBU 24, like those nice low Really IBUs. nice, though. Got yeah. a really good flavor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not bad, huh? Solid. It's not, it's not doesn't taste like Bailey's. Like, you yeah. would, you would, 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 would be nice. Not required, but would be nice. Not thrilling, Fun. but nice. <laughs> yes. So, a uh, couple more topics, and we're going to shut this baby down before we get to our classic of the show. But, um, real quick, and this popped into my mind, Megadeth. Megadeth. <laughs> um... 
we talked, I think back in November, we were like, I think, texting. I was in, I was in uh, Aberdeen, Scotland. Aberdeen. And yep. I saw a new Megadeth record. I had no idea that it even came out. So The new one that came out, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. my give a shit factor about Megadeth has gone way below. And I will say this. I think it's because Dave Mustaine was such a prick to me years ago. <laughs> so Okay. And I love Kiko. Kiko's the shit. Kiko's is an amazing player. Uh, and then Elfson's out. Whatever. So it's... It is what it is. Have you ever have you heard anything off that Megadeth record? Do you yeah. have thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, the thing about Megadeth is, uh, to be honest, ever since, gosh, I guess the last Megadeth album that I really liked was the one that had uh, the one uh, "This Day We Fight." Okay. So whichever one that was, I don't remember. We were we saw them on that tour. Yeah. But the point is, after that, everything, and this is kind of true with Metallica too, uh, everything kind of sounds the same. Yeah, I agree. You know what I, I mean? Agree. Yes, he's got a, a new flashy guitarist, like all those bands. Well, Metallica doesn't do that. They get the same yeah, thing. no, no. They get but 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 Megadeth is, is doing that. They have a that. new flashy bassist, right? Robert but, Trujillo. But Megadeth does the thing like uh, like Ozzy and, right. and all those guys, where it's like, let's get a new flashy guitarist. As soon as this guitarist pisses me off, I'll get a different flashy guitarist, sure. and that's fine. You know, that's your band. Do what you want. And hey, it's nice to get because because who would have outside of the metal world. Metal um, Megadeth is mainstream enough that people who aren't necessarily metal fans will know about a Megadeth song. Yeah. So I like when bands do that because it gives them a chance to learn about other guitars. So like people who aren't hardcore metal people aren't going to know who the hell Kiko Loreo is. Right. But through Megadeth, if it comes on the radio, they'll hear a taste of his music and maybe start listening to his stuff. No one would have known outside who isn't a metal fan would have known Chris Broderick or any of those other guys. Right. Except that they are Marty fucking Friedman of all people. Unless they heard it in Megadeth, like everyone knows fucking Rust in Peace, even non-metal people oh, yeah, yeah. know like yeah. Hangar 18. And now they're like, oh, who's the Smarty Freeman guy? So maybe start checking him out and go, holy fuck, this guy's great. This Dragon's Kiss album or whatever. And then start listening to it. So I think that's cool that bands follow that, that some bands that do that follow that sort of uh, pattern because I like that it exposes obscure guitarists to a wider right, audience. Right, right, right. Anyway, um, but the problem is, like I said, because Dave Mustaine probably writes everything, it all sounds like Dave Mustaine writing everything. It all sounds right, like right. the same stuff. A kind of a generic, good but generic metal in sure. the vein of Megadeth. So question for you is, and I know my answer, If and this just recently happened in Japan where Marty Friedman joined Megadeth for a show. I saw the video. Deal. I saw the video. It was really cool. If Marty Friedman plane. did a tour with Kiko, dual guitar, Ooh. Would you see that if it came to the U.S.? Would that be enough to say, fuck, I'd go? I will tell you right now, if Marty was up there on stage, of course put all the bullshit aside. Yeah, yeah. Because I just saw him last weekend, oh, and the motherfucker was amazing. He's, an, he's yes. a phenomenal guitarist. Yeah, yeah. He always has been. So yeah, yeah. you don't go to a lot of shows anymore. No. Would that be enough to get you off the couch and say, i got to see that live? Or Probably no? not. If I were going to get off the couch, it would be for one of my old school guys that have always been, like Eric Johnson. Or Greg Howe, love Greg Howe. So if he came back, uh, maybe even uh, the Alex Kolnick trio. Yeah. So something kind of not mainstream, some kind of different off the beaten path as far as uh, acts. I know one that might get you off your couch. The final tour of Mr. Big. And guess who's playing drums? The drummer from Spock's Beard. 
Oh, was it Briglio or whatever? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Eric talked about that on the last show, and it was, he's so like, I don't know how I'm going to introduce him on stage because his name is hard to say. Right. But, but they are going to tour with like yes. Paul and Billy and yeah. Eric and They're, this guy. Yeah, I get, apparently you didn't listen to the last show. Uh, I was busy saving someone's life. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, Genghis has a lot of shit going on. Yeah. You think he was in Romania? Yes, he was. Do you think he was in Transylvania? Yes, he was. He's back for this show, but he could be on an international mission. I mean, it's something him and McCheese got going on. He does. So I'm that kind of guy. When you get on the next plane, you can download it and listen. Yeah, maybe so. Unless somebody chokes on the plane. But no, I was shocked when Eric said. Yeah, this guy played in a band called Spock's Beard, this progressive band. You ever heard of him? I was like, yes, it's Genghis' favorite yeah. fucking, one of his favorite fucking yeah. bands. Like, I love Spock's Beard. Yeah, their old stuff was fantastic. And he could sing like a motherfucker from what Eric said. So. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. I, stopped, I kind of stopped listening to Spock's Beard after uh, Neil uh, left. Uh, Jenkins? Neil, Mor- <laughs> Neil Morse. Oh, okay. Neil Morrison made the Neil Morse band with right, right. Mike Portnoy, of course. Yeah, sure. They made some amazing shit oh, yeah. um, in Transatlantic and all that. Anyway... Uh, that's that's cool, but yeah, I don't know when I come out for that. Uh, even though I love Mr. Big, it kind of feels, and I, and I no disrespect to Mr. Big at all. Those guys, if they want a tour, go for it. But it kind of feels different not having. It's Pat, a final. You know? It's a final tour, though. Yeah. So I mean, I've seen him. I saw him with Pat. So to yeah, me, the that, last tour with Pat, nice. we were there. Yeah. In a way, that was the final tour. You know what I mean for me. So I'm fine with it. You're closing the books on this one, from what he said. So yeah, uh, that's cool to have sort of a little closure. Yes. And, and say, Eric wanted. I mean, they all wanted that. Eric's like, even Pat may have wanted it. I can believe that. I think so. And Eric's like, let's do one more record. Let's just. And I asked him. I said, dude. Why can't y'all do just a record or put out two or three songs brand new like you did when you got back together? Just something new. He goes, I'd love to do that. He goes, I'm not going to say we're not going to do it, but I put that out there and we'll see what. Everybody's so fucking busy. So we'll see what we can do. That's the thing for a guy that, you know. You, you, you don't know what he's up to. You find it. You talk to him. And it's like I'm up to a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. You just assume Billy you know, and Paul. Certainly, Bill and, both Billy and Paul are doing yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, but uh, the Spot Spirit guy. I don't know if he's just watching Star Trek nonstop or what. That's basically it. <laughs> I, uh, just just the Spock's beard. <laughs> just the evil Spock. Evil Spock. So anyway, um, before we jump into the classic, let's talk about one more. So we've talked about a lot of bands that are. Groups that have put out new music recently of the 80s hair metal era, if you want to call it that. So it's a new Sweet Lynch song called Never Be Alone. Let's listen to it real quick and then we'll talk about it. Let's do it.
All right, Genghis, thoughts? Uh, it's a good song. It's got a nice groove. Of course, uh, Michael sings like a motherfucker. Yeah, he does. Always Fuck has. Still does. I mean, I saw him live about four or five months ago. It's still amazing live. Yep. Yeah. And George is always is George. George is George. Yeah. George has always been George. Although I have to say, to be uh, to be quite frank, I was listening to uh, I was on a on a little docking kick the other day coming yeah. to work, and I said, oh, "Man, I miss some old docking." I put him on, and it's on Spotify, so it put on. One of their many albums, or one of them is like a remaster or re-recording. Not even a remaster, re-recording. Was it Lynch Mob? No, no, it was Dokken. They were doing like Dream Warriors or something. Was Lynch on it? Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's everybody, but it's like it's almost like it was a live thing. So it's like he was just kind of like approximating his solo from that. Oh wow! And Dokken was of course singing lower. Oh, you know? it had to be the live one. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't sound live. That's the thing. It's like they re-recorded. A lot of their big hits were wow. recorded it the way they are now, and I'm oh, like, wow. why the fuck would I want no, to hear you now, not no. in your prime? No, what, I saw. Who I wants saw, to hear that shit? I saw him at the whiskey with Lynch. It was like a reunion thing, like two years ago. Yeah. And Don was like singing very low register. Yeah, the bass player was weird. hitting the high notes, and then Lynch came out and shredded. It was awesome. The bass player, not Jeff Bilson, or no, it's uh, oh, Barry Jeff. Jackson. No, I'm Joe. I don't know his name. But Jeff's not playing with. No. Him? Oh. No, it was it was. Docking with uh, John Levin, bass player guy, and drummer guy. So only Don. And John Levin was the guy that filled in when... for He filled in for Lynch, and he's like a Lynch clone. Yeah, He's yeah, really yeah. good. Okay, cool. Really good. Yeah, I remember that, that album. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it's great to see it. And I got to see it at the classic uh, Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood. The Whiskey which A Go-Go, yeah. It was fucking pretty Legendary. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. saw them, and I saw churches at the Palladium. Yeah, so, if you got to go to L.A., you gotta got to go to Whiskey Go. You got to go to Rainbow Room, which yeah, is yeah. all the classic places. Yeah, yeah. so a new song. I think it's uh, got a classic docking feel with Michael Sweet on vocals. I think it's good. It's yeah, solid. Not a bad tune at all. Out of the three we played, song-wise, probably my favorite out of the classic bands. Uyghur being at the bottom, Extreme being number two, and then I like this Sweet Lynch uh, probably the best. That's my thoughts. That's what I think. That's what I think. <laughs> so anyway, Mr. G, we want a classic, sir. Alright, I guess you get a classic in mind. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was talking about the extreme while I was chilling in the car on the way here. I uh, listened to that pornography, you know, not to keep banging the drum of like, hey, make another clone of that album. It's yeah. Like, such a great it album. It was a great so fucking record. I, yeah. I like when I'm president because one of the cool things about extreme was not only were they shredding like motherfuckers, 
uh, but the vocals were amazing, and oh, they did yeah. all these cool harmonies. And it was almost grooves. kind of a, a Beatles-esque kind of yeah, yeah. popish harmony, married with badass pyrotechnics. You're just like, holy shit! What a great way to make music. Total, it's like total. pop metal, man. It's fucking brilliant. Fuck yeah! Let's play it. A little extreme. I remember it well. I was just about three. My dad said, "Someone, do you want to be?" Classic. Um, still, I guess, reeling from that same Queensryche last week <laughs> when uh, Todd LaTorre got sick. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of my favorite Queensryche songs that's been in my head is off the Rage for Order record. And I will say the new record is, and I said this last episode, was kind of a harken back to that old warning Rage for Order era. Uh, I will remember. I, this is one of my favorites, and I, I will say this, just a backstory. I saw him on that tour many times uh, back in the day, during college, sunken gardens and stuff like that, oh, yeah. Houston and whatever. But uh, when I saw him at Rock the Bayou, and this was, fuck, maybe 10 years ago now, they did a three-day festival here in Houston, and Queensryche headlined one of the nights. And there was Sammy Hagar, Twisted Sister. I mean, there's so many great bands on that that whole festival. Mm-hmm. But the performance that sticks out the most was Queensryche. And that's when Tate was still in the band. And they did this song off this record called I Will Remember. And motherfucker, dude, the hairs on my arms stood up. I might have got a little, probably half a chub. It was so fucking good. And, dude, I love that song. It's so... Just fucking amazing. Check it out. There's a cold wind out tonight 
Genghis. Yes, sir. We're at the end of a show, mate. We did it. We made it, mate. We're the best people ever. We are. And there has been no Italian hitmen, Romanian hitmen, coming into Elderson today to come get you. So that's been nice. It has Not been. looking over my shoulder. So All Paul, that guy in the back is kind of giving me the. Yeah, way. yeah, he's giving me fucking will. I'm, I kind of shit myself. I was like sharded. So, is that shitting yourself? Yeah. Okay, that's I did the, that. That's the S H show. Yes. So, we're gonna let our audience member Paul say some final words. Paul, what do you think? You you have witnessed history today. You have witnessed history: the reunion of Genghis Ragman in 2023. There will be more shows. I hope. Genghis? Yeah. Definitely. That's a yeah, definitely. All right. Genghis. Or Paul, are you like shocked right now? Are you in awe? Are you, did you piss yourself? Are you okay? It's been a great hour, guys. Did I piss myself? No. It's just been a lot of fun just hanging out with you guys, listening to what you have to say about all the great, great bands out there. You know, from, we went from uh, Megadeth to Mr. Big to uh, uh, extreme bunch of great groups out there that we've all enjoyed. Uh, I've enjoyed them, um, and uh, it's just been a great hour. I really appreciate you inviting me and coming out to listen to you guys talk about some of the great stuff. Got it, man. Definitely. So anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. There will be more Genghis and Ragman shows here in 2023. Why do I sound like William Shatner right now? I don't know. I always get confused when I do that. I'm an engineer, damn it. But anyway, let's give ourselves a round of applause. Three of us. <laughs> but anyway, uh, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more Genghis and Ragman and more Ragman shows. We will keep you in tune with podcasts weekly, mate, as we can. So, before we let you go. Oh, we're all going to cheers here. A final cheers to the team. Yes. Before we let you go, don't trust mice or small people. And remember this. We're going to give you three big holes. Can you see me? Am I still here? Can you hear me? Is it time to walk again to that place in silence? Go back to the shadows, back to the shadows.
Vegas. And Ragman. And you've been listening to the Right to Rock, Rock. podcast. And we appreciate you listening. And we want to give a big thank you to Tracy G., who is the third unofficial member of the group. We appreciate all of his work, especially the Broken Man song, which is the theme song to the Right to Rock podcast. And also, we're going to give high props to our boys in Sonic X, Adam and Joseph have lent us 13 to finish the show so what you're listening to right now is 13 by sonic x so check them out and keep checking us out and horns up. up